0: Village Counseling Podcast. My name is Hillary Evans and I'm a clinical counselor. And with me is
1: Dr. Josh Cruz, registered psychologist and pastor of counseling at Village Church.
0: So the purpose of this podcast is to help foster a greater understanding of the topics that we discuss and give a few takeaways that will be helpful for your life. So today we are talking about understanding pursuers and withdrawers.
1: Yeah, so let's put this in context. We want to keep building healthy marriages, healthy romantic relationships. So we've talked about what is our pattern or cycle? What are some of the behaviors that we can get caught up in, that we can all get caught up in, not just those of us on this extreme end? Uh, Myself, Hillary, with our spouses, we all do this. So what are we doing? And then what's going on under the surface? Let's understand what are we telling ourselves? What are we feeling? What are we needing? Some of those pieces. So we want to do a bit of a deeper dive or more focused dive into What are we telling ourselves? What's going on for each of us when we're in the midst of tension, difficulty, disconnect, when things are hard in our relationship? What's happening inside for us? Because a lot of times we don't put those pieces on the table. What we see are the actions or the behaviors. So as we talk about uh, pursuer or withdrawer, what does that mean? Uh, Withdrawer, uh, that might be easier. Just even the term itself might actually be withdrawing. So if this is you, it might look like, It could be more active in the sense of placating, using humor, dismissing, defending, justifying some of those pieces. Or it may be a little bit more of the getting quiet, shutting down, sometimes even on the other end, yelling to shut things down or leaving, like actually withdrawing. I am not here anymore. I am walking away. Um, I am getting away from this right now. And it's important to understand what's going on for withdrawers in the midst of that. And then pursuers, it is more active typically. We're going to talk about this, Uh, criticizing, questioning, poking, probing, accusing, demanding – Uh, And and actually coming into, hey, I'm not okay with this and we're going to deal with this. That's a little bit more of the, the approach from that end. There's so much more going on behind the scenes for it. So we talked about let's recognize what we're doing that's not helpful. And then now let's try to understand this. And I hope that as you're listening to this, you can better understand yourself and then maybe better understand your partner, whether you're both pursuers, both withdrawers or one's a pursuer, one's a withdrawer. I hope that you're able to have a little greater understanding and even compassion for yourself and each other through this.
0: Mm -hmm. It's common in every relationship for there to be a pursuer and a withdrawer, but there definitely are, you know, circumstances where that might not make sense. Maybe there's two pursuers, maybe there's two withdrawers, you never know. But that is common for there to be a pursuer and a withdrawer. Josh was telling me before we even started recording that he put out an Instagram post a while ago about what common thoughts were of people who were pursuers and what some common thoughts were of people who were with jars. And that kind of came out of this exercise that we did together at this training that we went to this past year where we explained a little bit of our, even just our personal accounts of what it's like being one of those two people in a relationship. And um, he got a lot of feedback of like, oh my goodness, how did you know what I felt? That's This is so accurate.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was cheating a little bit. Like, oh, that, that's uh, old man wisdom there. I was like, no, I'm just taking uh, what I learned. Uh, yeah, so Hillary and I were with a bunch of other uh, therapists learning how to do great couples counseling. Mm-hmm. And we ended up splitting into, okay, raise your hand if you're a pursuer, raise your hand if you're a withdrawer. Now let's go to different sides of the room. And we would then get together and talk about what are some of the core themes of what's going on for us and put them out there. And man, that was that was eye opening, mm-hmm. um, very much so. On hey, I I'm I lean on the pursuing end, and so hearing the other therapists in that group validating, I'm okay. I'm not crazy that I think these things are, uh, this is what's going on for me. And then hearing the withdrawers on the other end, uh, uh, Rachel and I, uh, my wife. Then I'm more on the pursuing end; she's more on the withdrawing end. I could then better understand. Oh you know what, she said something like that before, or even curiosity, I wonder if that's what's going on for Mm -hmm. her and actually generated some good conversation stuff later.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, Josh and I both are kind of more pursuers and our partners are withdrawers. And so we had similar experiences during during that training in the sense of we both were kind of like, okay, well, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who feels like this. And yet, okay, it's good to note that I need to really be attuned to the way that my partner feels.
1: Yeah, so some of the messages that were going on, uh, whether it's in our group, whether it's with uh, the clients that we sit with, some of the research and training in this area, uh, let's start with pursuers. Mm -hmm. So some of the messages that may be going on, uh, so see if you can identify with this or if you're less on the pursuing end, maybe your, your partner is and what might be going on for them. So um, one of the messages, I, I'm I'm too much. I'm too much. We're never going to talk about this. And sometimes these are things that we're actually saying, but a lot of times these are the things that are going on inside, going through our head. Um,
0: yeah, or actually driving us to pursue the other person.
1: Yeah, the, a bit of the fuel behind it. What's at the core, at the root of this? Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on my own in this. And sometimes that can contribute to that almost desperation at times. And so I don't want to be on my own. I'm going to bridge the gap. So I'm going to come at you. We're going to talk about this. It's important to talk about what's going on. That might even be a bit of a value or a philosophy for a lot of pursuers.
0: Um, mm-hmm.
1: Well, if we don't talk about it, well, how are we going to learn from it and grow from it and all that? And there's this like logical justification for it. But that then fuels whether your partner's wanting to talk about it or not. And we need to do this right now and in this way. This is that important.
0: And for me, at least in some of those moments, sometimes it feels like it's important. It's not only important to talk about what's going on, but if I don't bring this up, we're never going to deal with this. I think that's something that I can feel in those moments where I want to pursue of like, if I don't pursue you about this, like, are we ever going to deal with it? type of thing?
1: Yeah, and hear that Mm -hmm. with a lot of couples as well. And sometimes they'll even then play the game of it of, Okay, well, then I'll try not and see if you'd actually come back with it. And they didn't. That's why I do this. And it just then reinforces this. So then I'm going to bring it up that often. Because sometimes one of the other messages are, I'm afraid I might lose you. And so the relationship, as much as it matters, and I imagine for most of you, the relationship matters significantly, the fear of losing that would be significant. Like, if I could actually lose this by us not talking about it, by me not engaging, by us not repairing and and coming back together on this, oh, man, would that be devastating? Therefore, and then those pursuing behaviors start to come in, and that's the fuel there. Where it scares me that you might reject me or abandon me. I mean, those are big, and that goes for a lot of us. Those are two of uh, probably the most core relational injuries and or fears of rejection or abandonment. Because then I'm either on my own in this, um, in this moment or I'm on my own altogether. And it can be painful. Like there's actually research that shows it can show up as pain in our brain, like a pain receptors there. And there's no – like nobody was hit. There's no physical component to it. But it's physically painful for that. And so if there's a fear of that happening, <gasps> okay, I need to do whatever I can in order to hopefully – prevent that the hard part is if we just let the cycle play out and we do all those pursuing behaviors of uh, attacking or going forth and questioning demanding sadly they often get in the way of that actual connection and care and sometimes even reinforce the likelihood of that rejection or abandonment there
0: so maybe let's talk about what withdrawers might be telling themselves if you know these are some of the things that pursuers might be telling themselves what would withdrawers think
1: Yeah. And these uh, fruit withdrawers often are less close to the surface, uh, meaning they may not be throwing these pieces out there. Often they aren't. Like I said a minute ago, pursuers Might be saying, we need to talk about this. Here we go. A lot of times withdrawers aren't putting these messages out there. And so it's really important to then try to understand where they're coming from. And it might be, I don't know how to fix this. This is a problem. I don't know how to fix this. And then the different behavioral strategies come in. Therefore, I will get quiet. I will move away. I don't want to rock the boat. Let's Mm -hmm. keep the peace. I mean, values can come into this too. Like I value harmony. I value calm. I value peace. This is not, this is unsettled. There's tension right here. This is not good. Therefore, in order to bring about some peace and not rock the boat, I'm then going to quickly dismiss, use humor. Maybe we can just lighten the mood here.
0: Um, Some other ones would be like my needs don't matter. What I'm feeling isn't important maybe is kind of underneath that. I need to pull back to manage my emotions. Maybe it feels like if they were to engage, things would feel a little bit out of control. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do or what's going on right now. I think that's a really big one. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to stay back. I'm just going to withdraw because I'm not totally sure how to engage.
1: Yeah, and I think processing styles can come in there too. Um, and that can be frustrating for couples because it's like, let's do this. Let's talk right now. Uh, what about this? What about this? And that might be that person's processing style. But if if their spouse, uh, I need to reflect on this. Maybe it's a, if we do introvert-extrovert, I, I need to then go within for a little bit to try to understand this. That wouldn't work well for them. And mm-hmm. so that's why we need to respect where they're coming from because we want them to be at their best. We want to be at our best, uh, giving ourselves compassion that we won't always be. But if they don't know what to do and we're like, what are we going to do? What's going on? How? What's happening here? <gasps> getting overwhelmed, getting flooded. And then sometimes we can even go into for withdrawers, then almost like a numbing to protect ourselves. Like I shut down. I'm, I'm here, but I'm not really here with you. I'm definitely not here um, in the emotionally vulnerable sense to where I'm sharing some of these deeper things, these messages that are going on inside.
0: And some of that's maybe because of numbness, but some of that could also be because they honestly don't know what they're feeling and it's hard to identify.
1: And so part of it would be how do we then work together in light of this? Because that bridge is there, when we slow things down with couples— we often find out that, that the base of that is I'm not wanting to fight with you. I'm not wanting the disconnect. I would call it benevolent intentions that I'm actually wanting relationship with you. I want connection. I want this to go well. I want repair. But that doesn't mean I have it all figured out, either all the steps for this, what I'm feeling inside, what to do around this, what even happened, where do we go for like, there's a lot and we're wanting to then come together to figure out how do we do this. So uh, this episode is then looking at what are some of those pieces of information that might actually help us find our way out of it. The better I can understand what's going on for me and for my spouse, then maybe we can go a little bit deeper into, so then what are we needing in light of this? If I don't know what to do, then I might need space. I might need patience. I might need suggestions. But if we don't know that that's going on, we're just going to keep ramming in the same ways that we are Mm -hmm. and it gets frustrating discouraging and we can feel so stuck at times
0: yeah and I wonder if this episode could even just foster some curiosity of like man is that really what my partner is feeling or thinking in those moments like maybe we'd we'd encourage you to ask them like hey I listened to this podcast it talked about what you know we might be feeling in these moments where we kind of get into our cycles or you don't need to use that word if you know you guys aren't both familiar with that wording but we get into our fights or our tiffs or our rough conversations you know Is this really what you're feeling? Oh, I never knew. You know, hopefully you can have some of those good conversations with them.
1: Yeah, I noticed uh, when I went home after our training and and sat down with my wife and said, yeah, it really resonated for me. I I could sense that when you are getting quiet or wanting to pull away, that yeah, I wonder if this is what's going on for you. And some of it fit, which is great solidified a bit more of my understanding. And some of it didn't, but it gave an opportunity for her to share that. And then I shared a little bit more of what was going on for me. I noticed that, yeah, I can go to this place here and I'm afraid of this. And it was actually a really connecting conversation, which oftentimes are so much easier to have outside of the heat of the moment. Uh, I didn't show up to then try to remedy a situation or repair something. It was more the curiosity. So as you're listening to this, you might either Send it to your spouse if they're open to that, or just take some of the information and then outside of a fight or a disagreement, just bring it up with curiosity. Own some of what's going on for you and bring them into that if it's a safe enough uh, relationship. And then be curious about them. Hey, I was hearing this and I'm wondering if, or they had, you could even write them out. Here's the list of pieces. Um, Any of those fit for you? And you might be actually creating a little bit of space for them to have a little more voice that they didn't have before. And a little more understanding. And if you want to go one step further than that, and it's okay um, if this feels like too much, but it might be, so then what do we do about that? So what can we do to care for each other in light of what's going on under the surface for each of us?
0: Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So we hope that this was a helpful episode, not only in gaining some understanding, but maybe with a practical conversation starter for you to have with your partner. Thanks so much for joining us today. As always, we would love to hear your feedback and comments. Any questions are always welcome too at counseling at thisisvillagechurch.com. You're welcome to email us and we'll see you next time.